This is Gridiron Graduates, a weekly podcast covering all things football. Episode number 60, Return Policy, recorded February 15th, 2017. What's going on, all my brothers and sisters out there in football world? Bill Rossetti and Warren hitting you guys back up with another edition of GG. Over a week since the Super Bowl, so things are kind of starting to die down. Um, but of course, off season picking right back up. We're getting ready for the NFL Combine and free agency and all that good stuff. It's right around the corner. Uh, we're gonna get into some free agency a little bit today. Talk some quarterbacks. Talk potential. Uh, talk some of the top guys in that market. Maybe some trade possibilities. Uh, and then you know whatever else we're gonna throw at you. So. Uh, Ian Warren, what's going on, man? Ready to do this again? Oh, for sure, dude. For sure, we're uh, we're almost at the NBA All Star break, um, which for us does not mean anything. <laughs> As uh, NBA guys get ready for the dunk contest, three point contest, and All Star game, they're going to be taking some time off, hanging out, having fun. But we're busy, man. We're we're busy on this podcast. We're scouting players. We're looking at free agent fits. So uh, you know, we don't have an All Star break. But uh, that's coming up here after April. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, once the draft is over, we'll, you know, probably do like we did last year. Maybe take a little bit of a break. But obviously, that's a long ways away. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, got some good guests lined up coming up in the next few weeks and and months. So, um, you know, we're really excited to bring you guys some some more good stuff and. Uh, you know, we appreciate you making us at least one of your podcast choices. I know there's a lot of other great ones. You know, I know, for example, like John Leonard and Luke Easterling just took over the Locked On NFL Draft Pod, and they're doing a fantastic job there. Um, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino have their new podcast. Um, but, you know, we're here bringing our perspective, and again, you know, thank you for checking us out and just hearing us ramble yeah for sure man always appreciate people listening in and giving us feedback and reviews and uh you know appreciate all the all the support so uh let's kind of jump right into it so we'll uh we'll, we'll look at free agency here we'll talk about we'll start with the quarterbacks here and looking at some of these lists i believe we're both looking at the the same article now. This is we're looking at the top ten list here on Bleacher Report from uh, I believe Ken Fahey wrote this article about a week ago, uh, listing his top free agent quarterbacks. So we'll kind of talk about that and give our thoughts. So obviously it's as usual as it's been the last couple of years. The uh, free agent market, as far as quarterbacks go, is not very good. Um, unless, of course, the Bills decide not to pick up the option of Tyrod Taylor. If they don't, then obviously he he becomes arguably the best quarterback, or probably not even arguably. I think you could pretty well make a case that he would be the best quarterback on the free agent market. Um, but without him, you're probably looking at Kirk Cousins, though it's pretty likely that he's going to get tagged. But if he does, 
that's an almost $24 million cap hit that the Redskins have to take just attack him. Now, obviously, there's going to be other suitors for Cousins. San Francisco, for one, has come out and pretty much made it known that they'd have interest in Cousins if he, he were to become available. But, again, the likelihood is that he's going to get tagged, and it would, I mean, that still leaves open the chance that he would move to a different team. But, you know, as, as you guys know, it's, it takes a lot at that point to uh, prior player away once he does get the franchise tag. Um, and then after Cousins, it's very, very slim pickings. You know, looking at guys like Mike Glennon, uh, Brian Hoyer, Josh McCown, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, obviously not a lot of, uh, not a lot of hype in this free agent quarterback market. Um, that's why, of course, all the talk is about the trades, you know, particularly a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. But we'll, we'll focus right now on the guys that are free agents and then kind of go from there. So looking at this list of free agent quarterbacks, what's your take on some of these guys and maybe some potential landings for these guys? Yeah, I think the guy that obviously is going to get the – the attention, and rightfully so, is Kirk Cousins. Uh, the numbers that he's amassed in Washington have been uh, just extremely impressive. He's basically thrown for about 9,000 yards um, over two seasons, and he's helped lead a, a, a good passing attack in Washington. Um, however, you know, I, I think that some of those numbers are inflated a little bit about uh, from situation, not only the scheme, but a really good coaching staff and a tremendous surrounding cast. Um, now, some credit still goes to him. He has to go out and execute that, but he is a very safe quarterback. He takes a lot of check downs from what the spacing of the scheme and the playmakers create for him. And I think that that's really limited his upside. Um, he's not really the type to stand in against pressure and deliver big-time throws. Um but, you know, I think he's somewhere around average, maybe below average as a starting quarterback, despite despite the numbers really showing that maybe he's – they kind of suggest that he's a top 10 or a higher um, quarterback. But I just – you know, personally, you know, I'm breaking down, you know, what we see on the tape, and it's just not – it's not consistent. But that's still going to be a huge upgrade for a lot of teams. And so the question is, based on that $24 million cap number on a franchise tag – you're probably starting a contract around that 20 to 24 million dollars a year. So the question is, can you get similar production for much less money? That's that's the discussion that the Washington Redskins have to have. Um, not only the Redskins, but also any team that may be interested in either trading picks for him or uh, you know if he becomes unrestricted, which again we're not expecting. Uh, but what kind of money are you willing to throw at him? And to me, if I'm the Redskins, I wouldn't have handled, I wouldn't, first of all, I wouldn't have let, let it get to this point. Because last year I was a big advocate in saying, franchise tag him, avoid the long-term deal, draft a quarterback. And, you know, people said, well, you know, it's, it's only two quarterback class. And yeah, it, it was the strongest at the top, but they completely avoided the position. They could have taken Dak Prescott, they could have taken Connor Cook. Um, you could have taken an insert quarterback here in the middle rounds, and that player may not have worked out. They may not have been ready next year, and that's fair, but they didn't even try that plan, and I think that's what bothers me the most, unless if they have a lot of 
confidence in, in Colt McCoy. Quite frankly, I think Colt McCoy could do very similar things to what Kirk Cousins does in that offense. Uh, the question with McCoy is going to be injuries. He cannot stay healthy, so that's really the big concern. So if I'm the Redskins, I'm doing the same thing as what I had ad- advocated for last year. I'm going to franchise tag him. I'm going to swallow that giant cap number, and I'm actually taking a first-round quarterback if one falls to me. And if one doesn't, then I think that there are actually some mid-round options that can replace him fairly easily. And, well, not necessarily fairly easy. Let me let me take that back again. I, I think Kirk Cousins is going to be, he's a, he's a guy that you have to upgrade on, but he's not going to be incredibly easy to upgrade on. But you do need to get more dynamic at the position. I would rather have Brad Kaya on a second or third round contract over the next four years than I would rather have Kirk Cousins over the next five years at elite quarterback money. And again, that's nothing against Cousins. It's just I don't believe in paying an average or so quarterback that much money uh, when the rest of your team you know, is kind of needing upgrades. It's not like the, this team is well set for the future. They've got some other major playmakers as free agents. So Cousins is going to be the big one. If I'm the teams that have been linked to him, like the Browns, the 49ers, uh, you know, this is gonna, this is a guy that's gonna be 29 years old this fall. And that's not old, but in football terms, it is older. And people say, well, you know, he can play another 10 years. No, he can't. Okay. Tom Brady can play another 10 years. That's, Tom, Drew Brees can play another, you know, couple years up until he's 39. But, Average quarterbacks don't play until they're 39. Average quarterbacks play until they're 35. And so you're looking at maybe one, maybe two more contracts for him. And uh, you don't know. You don't know that what he will do without elite playmakers all around him. Can you imagine him going from that surrounding cast going to San Francisco with that surrounding cast? I mean, that just that's setting up failure for Kyle Shanahan, for... Um, any of the other teams that have been linked to him, because once you have your quarterback, the clock starts ticking. So it's better to just take a young quarterback, groom that young quarterback um, into that player. So, I mean, Cousins, again, I think will be back in Washington, but he is a guy that he's going to get a lot of attention, and it deserves a conversation. So that's kind of my piece on him. I know I know some fans disagree, and they point to the numbers, and that's, yeah, you know, they're fair to have that. It's right, fair to have that opinion on him. But, I mean, when I'm breaking down his film, he's holding them back more than he's creating for them. I think what's going to be interesting for whoever the quarterback is in Washington is that uh, now that Jay Gruden is back calling the plays, you're probably looking at more of a uh, more of a run style again. You know, because I think it was when Gruden was calling the plays that guys like Alfred Morris and them had the most success. And then when uh, Sean McVay took over the play calling, that's when it came up, became a little more pass heavy. So there's going to be a little less pressure on, on the quarterback uh, with McVay now in uh, Los Angeles and Gruden back at the helm. But yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, it's, it's, it's not like Cousins is a world beater. And then I really don't know if he's worth $24 million. Like that's a huge hit, huge. Yeah. And, Again, you have Deshaun Jackson is a free agent. Pierre Garçon is a free agent. You cannot afford... It's going to be bad enough if they let one of them go. It would be disastrous if both of them go, because then you're left with 
Jamison Crowder as your top guy. Now, not that Crowder's bad, but, I mean, can you rely on him right now as your top guy? You know, you need, they absolutely have to at least get one of those, one of those two back. And so, you know, by franchising, and, you know, they may not have a choice but to tag Cousins, but it's going to leave them so limited with, you know, everything else that they want to do and all their other needs that, you know, they're, they're going to put themselves in a little bit of a bind. But again, it's almost a bind that they kind of, they have to put themselves in and they kind of force themselves to be in. So they're, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're a wild card for sure in this off season. And, you know, they're definitely, it's definitely going to start the chain reaction of, you know, the quarterback moves, especially again, if uh, Taylor stays in Buffalo, it really all eyes are going to be on Washington. And of course today, well, the day we're recording this Wednesday is the first day that teams can place the franchise tag. And we'll kind of, talk about that a little bit too potential franchise tags so I, I don't know it's it's a little baffling to me that he's about to get this kind of money but you know we are also in an NFL world where Brock Osweiler makes 18 million a year so you know it shouldn't come as too much of a surprise that some of these mid-level quarterbacks are going to get such a high amount of money yeah yeah absolutely Absolutely, it's, it is, and it's it's one of those points. Like, where's the point of diminishing returns on this? Because eventually, there's, you got to be able to say we're not we're not able to fully stock this roster because we're committing that type of money. But with that type of quarterback, you have to continually invest into your playmakers, and that was really my argument a year ago. And you know, they they actually did. Um, you know, they actually did. Uh, you know, kind of put it out there and say, hey, you know, at some point, this, you know, it's coming from the front office to say, hey, you know, this is something that uh, that we feel um, strongly about that we're not sure, you know, that that the te- this is the best for the team. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out for sure. I'm just trying to bring up Washington's cap space. Real quick, if Spotrack wants to uh, cooperate with me. According to Spotrack, right now, they actually do have about, or will have about $64.5 million in cap space once the Top 51 rule goes into effect on March 9th. Hmm. So, you factor in the, you might, so at this point, you might as well say $40 million in cap space because we're going to factor in the franchise tag for Kirk Cousins because again it's bound to happen so 40 million at least gives them the room to re-sign at least one if not both of their top receivers and then kind of maneuver around there Uh, but going back to the list of quarterbacks I mean it's I mean one of the things that's jumping out at me at this list when Matt Barkley is your fourth ranked quarterback that's when you know it's bad. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, he, he, he showed just... a little bit last year. Um, but, man, like, 
he showed a little bit for like two or three games, and then he just imploded on himself. Yeah, the, the bad extremely outweighed the good. Yeah. His starts. Yeah, you know, and then that tells you. I mean, you know, looking at the list, Mike Glennon is number two. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, and I was, I'll admit, I was a bit of a fan of, of Mike Glennon when he first came out. You know, and I, I thought he had a chance to start, you know, before the whole Jameis Winston. Um, I, I thought Glennon was not a bad quarterback, and then of course he became a little bit of a little bit of a trade talk. Now he's a free agent, so you know maybe maybe on a cheap deal, someone goes after him. Um, but you know you look at the rest of the list. You got Hoyer, you got Barkley. You know, it, it's it just blows my mind. Case Keenum at five. It just blows my mind how um, how poor these free agent classes are. And you couple that with the fact that people say that this is a quote unquote down year for quarterbacks in the draft as well. I mean, what, what do you do? If if you're one of those teams at the top, do you make the trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? You know. What do you do in, in, yeah. in a year like this? Yeah, and like I, I think that that's definitely the, the big question here is, um, what you know, what exactly is the is the plan here if Cousins is off the market? Because you you know you mentioned it, you got Mike Glennon listed as the number two, and I think Glennon's a very very low end type starter who can barely do the basics. Um, of a functional offense, I don't think that that's someone that you want to rely on long term. Um, you, know, you mentioned Hoyer, Matt Barkley. You know these guys aren't. I think the only guy maybe worth trying is Geno Smith, just because we just haven't seen much of him. Uh, but I wouldn't enter next year with him as my starting quarterback, uh, like undisputed. Like if I'm taking, if I'm picking him up, I'm trying to uh, draft a quarterback either in the first or second round too. So, you know, you've got to have those contingency plans uh, in order or or else, you know, you could really be in, in trouble. Because uh, once you get into the, and again, the, it really reflects poorly on the, the coaching staff if if you're not. If you, if you simply don't prepare better than that, you know, the coaching staff in the front office may not have a job, you know, too long after that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, that's going to be the hot name. Everyone's expecting... Jimmy Garoppolo to get some crazy money, like crazy type deal. Um, don't forget though, he's gonna have to get a new contract too. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna play him for one year, and then you're gonna be playing either the the franchise tag game with him, or you're gonna be handing him twenty million dollars a year. And make no mistake, I mean that's that's the market. That's the market for an average quarterback now. So you know you, maybe you're lucky and you get him for eighteen a year. You know regardless, it's, you're you're paying a ton of money for him. That's why there's no way he's going to be moved for a first-round pick, in my opinion. Um, from everything I've gathered and, and from what makes sense, you know, it's one of those things where two things check out. I think he's going to get a second-round pick, a high second-round pick. It's going to be the 49ers, Bears, and Browns. It'll be one of those second, the top of the second-round picks, and then either another day-two pick in 2018 or like a conditional third round pick this year, um, 
right, uh, I should say compensatory pick this year or fourth round pick or something like that, or maybe even like a swap of picks, like maybe a two, a four, and then a swap of second round picks next year or something. So, you know, it's going to bring modest value. And here's the, here's the thing. We, we hear about AJ McCarron. We've heard about Mike Glennon for years. Um, now it's Jimmy Garoppolo. I understand the need for a quarterback, but quarterbacks do not gain value like the way people like to think. You don't start two games and then go from a late second round value to a first round value when you when you've also lost three years of your contract. Okay, the value in those picks is that you're controlling the cost for four to five years. There's no value in that pick if it's only a one year pick. You know, you're you're just buying the right to give this guy basically an extended audition. And that doesn't fly. That doesn't work in the NFL like that. So, you know, we saw it for Sam Bradford that that price seemed to be a little bit high, but that was also extenuating circumstances where, you know, Teddy Bridgewater may not be back on the field um, anytime soon. So, you know, hopefully he is, but, but you know, we can't bank on that. And, and obviously they weren't willing to bank on that. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's going to go personally. I think the Bears make a lot of sense. Um, I would probably just take Deshaun Kaiser if I was them or, or Deshaun Watson. Uh, but I understand, you know, if that front office feels like they need to win in 2017, I understand making that move then. Yeah, and you brought up a good point too in AJ McCarron because his name had kind of been floating around as well. Um, you know, it's. It, it just goes to show you how crazy it can be when it comes to these teams and scrambling for quarterbacks and trying to find someone, you know, if, if someone's going to, tra- you know, cause it could, it'll be really interesting if someone trades for McCarron and makes him a starter. I, I forget which team I read that seemed like the most linked to him right now. Um, might have been Cleveland because of the maybe because of the Hugh Jackson uh, connection. Yeah, which you know that I I, I could see that you know with uh, you know maybe deal a mid to late round pick to the Bengals get McCarron because um, I'm sure Jackson still really likes him and he can develop him and you know you build that talent. You don't have to give up one of those high picks. Because at this point, too, I think if you're the Browns, you've got to start investing in those high picks. You know, it's... I know they've been stockpiling picks in the last couple years because maybe their analytics tells them to do that. But now we're getting to the point where they've got to start using those high picks and actually hitting on those high picks. Because I, I think they're in a really good position this offseason. If they can hit on some of their picks, they're going to surprise a lot of people next season. Yeah, you know, you I could, agree with that. You, yeah. could, you could tell some... I, I'm already telling some people that I think they could win eight games, and obviously some of those people are coming back and being like, are you nuts? They look like you know, the Browns, really? It's like, well, if you look at their situation, it's not as bad as you think. No the cap room they have, two picks in the top 12, um, a fantastic receiver in Terrell Pryor, you know, a decent offensive line, a 
uh, an up-and-coming defense. You know, it it may sound weird, but you know, watch for the Cleveland Browns this offseason and into next season. You know, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to jump all the way into the playoffs, right? But you know, a improvement around 500. And I mean, because it's it's not like a, a jump up like that isn't possible. We just watched the Tennessee Titans go from two and fourteen to nine and seven in one season. You know, it, it can be done. You just have to have the right pieces, and I think Cleveland can get those right pieces. Now, would AJ McCarron be the guy to lead that big of a comeback? I don't know, but um, they sure as hell wouldn't be. One in fifteen again, right, right, and I mean they lost some of those games, uh, you know, in some really weird fashions too, and that's why you know we've kind of talked about before if they can get a guy like Tyrod Taylor, um, if they could take Miles Garrett, you know, getting a guy, getting a veteran quarterback before the draft would open up so many possibilities for them. Uh, you know, you're able to go defense twice, or maybe you're able to go uh, Miles Garrett, and then if Corey Davis falls to you at twelve. You take him, or you know, and really complete that offense. Um, but there's there's a lot of really good opportunities here for the Browns if they can fill that need, and and some of that's not not their call. You know, they can't force the Garoppolo trade. If they want to give up a second round pick for him, okay. You know, I understand if you think that's your guy, you like him more than the first round quarterbacks. I understand. I don't personally agree. You know, going back to my Garoppolo evaluation, nothing's changed in the NFL. You know, he's been we haven't seen enough of him. Uh, I don't think there's anything that he's really improved upon, um, but I do like his skill set. I had a second-round grade on him. I was one of the higher folks on him. I think he can be an average to slightly above-average starter with the right supporting cast. I still feel that way. Um, but, you know, looking at this draft class, outside of Deshaun Watson, you know, I'd probably take everyone over him. And Watson, you know, I think he's about the same prospect as Garoppolo was. So, you know, would I rather have Deshaun Watson for five years under a controlled rookie cap, or would I rather have Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, for multiple picks and much more money? I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to take my chances on the rookie. So, you know, the, the Browns and the Bears and the 49ers have to ask those important questions. Um, and that's why I think quarterbacks will go high. I think someone will trade for Garoppolo. I'm not sure what will happen with Taylor. I tend to think that they're going to let him go, but um, you know, him hitting the market and Garoppolo being moved for someone is really going to push some of these other quarterbacks down the board because I don't know what the Jets are going to do, but I don't, I don't know if they're going to sign a quarterback. I feel like they're going to go for a guy like Jay Cutler. Uh, I know that there's been reports that they're not interested in him, but I don't know what else they're going to do. Like that coaching staff also has to win in 2017, so I don't know who else you get except for Tony Romo or. Uh, you know, Romo, I think, makes a lot of sense for them, but Romo or Cutler, you know, I think, or Kaepernick, I guess, are the, their best options to win next year. And yeah, I'm glad you brought them up because, you know, I completely forgot to talk about them. We have to factor that into the equation as well. Cutler possibly being released, Romo possibly being out there. So let's kind of. Let's kind of throw that into the mix. Let's say all three of them, and you know, you you touched on it a little bit, obviously. Um, if all three of them were to hit the market, Tyra Taylor, Tony Romo, and um, 
Jay Cutler. Now, all of a sudden, obviously, it's a different game. Kirk, you know, teams don't have to line up now for Kirk Cousins and wait to see if he gets franchised. Now you have a couple of options. Um, you know, you mentioned the Jets and Jay Cutler. The Jets just hired, I, I believe it was the Jets, just hired one of Cutler's former coaches from Denver. Or, well, they were together in Denver. Now he's with the Jets. Did I get that right? I think that's what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I believe I saw that as well. So, you know, that that's a sensible connection. Um, you know, Romo, Denver was always a, a talking point as a possible landing spot. Um, and, and, you know, I, I could see that. Um, it's not like Trevor Simeon was all that great last season. Yeah. You know, if, if Denver can – and Denver's obviously one of those teams that are in the win-now mode. You know, I, th- I a lot of teams like to say they're a quarterback away. Well, I think Denver can say they're one of those teams. I think if they can find improvement on the quarterback – And, you know, they've, they've, they've kind of mentioned that they want to um, – I feel like they kind of they, they've been saying at least publicly that they want to give Lynch every chance possible to win this right. job, but some of that's going to be for leverage in Romo discussions. And they know, and everyone knows that the Cowboys are best off waiting until after June to either trade or release Tony Romo for cap purposes. Right. Um, they can designate him a June one cut and save that money right away, but that does. Does does have some ramifications too? You know, the, it accelerates his signing bonus that gets factored into his um, contract, and it's just easier for them if they can just trade him after June. So, uh, for cap savings purposes, and so, mm-hmm. you know, for the from the Broncos standpoint, they know this is going to be a long, most likely at least, maybe not, maybe not guaranteed, but they feel it's going to be a long battle and something that they need to play out, and they're willing to play out. Because ultimately, having a first-round quarterback in the fold, even if he's really raw and even if he's not quite ready, um, that is a pretty strong leverage play. And there's not that many teams that are going to be interested in Romo. I think there's going to be a couple for sure. Um, but they're willing to take that bet. And I think it's a fairly strong bet. But then again, you could argue they overplayed their hand last year with Kaepernick. You know, that was a team they, they could have had him. They were negotiating with San Francisco, they should have had Colin Kaepernick. It's probably a playoff team if they had Colin Kaepernick last year. You know, Kaepernick didn't play too poorly last year. He, mm-hmm. you know, he's not great, but he's functional, and that's what the Broncos needed. And so it's going to be really interesting to see: do they opt to go with a guy like Kaepernick, or do they want to wait and really just play play that situation out? Because I probably play it out, and honestly, I, I would give Romo that chance. Let Paxton Lynch sit another year and then go to Lynch next year if, if Romo doesn't, you know, want to come back after this year or if he doesn't look capable of it. So it'll be interesting to see, but that's going to dominate, I think, the headlines for most of the offseason. And let's be honest, you know, obviously if Kaepernick were in Denver, he would have had a much better uh, supporting cast than he did in San Francisco. And, you know, so you're right, I, they, they probably would have been a playoff team. Uh, if Kaepernick was there, so, and that's, that's another guy that could possibly hit the fr- the free agent market, you know. But 
at least if Kaepernick doesn't, hey, Blaine Gabbert's there. And we all know how good Blaine Gabbert did last season. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Gabbert's a guy that gets mentioned in the top ten free agents, too. Yeah, so. <laughs> he was on this list. Yep. <laughs> so it's a, it's a pretty pretty terrible situation if you're trying to find a free agent quarterback right now. Um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously a, a lot of factors at play here. Um, it'll be, I'll be really curious how it plays out, you know, again, to see if Romo gets caught in. And I think you're right. I think you make a good point. You know, it, it wouldn't be to Dallas's benefit to get rid of him now because he does have the big cap hit. At least if they wait and trade him, like you brought up, at least it saves them money with the, you know, being post June 1st. And they can ship the rest of the cap hit to the team they're trading them to. Mm. They cut them, it's, it all falls on them. So, you know, Dallas obviously has a little bit of leverage here, you know, especially if they keep him in the training camp. Wait for a team to, you know, I mean, you, you never want to see injuries happen, but obviously injuries can happen at any time. Look at week 16 last season. The Raiders lost their car. Titans lost Marcus Mariota on the same day. You know, so if something like that happens in training camp, well, here's Dallas sitting with Tony Romo, or here's um, San Francisco sitting with Colin Kaepernick. Actually, no, I, I take the back, because I think by that point, Kaepernick will probably be cut, because I think he has some guarantees that'll kick in, you know, long before we hit the summer. So I... I so you're probably going to see a decision on Kaepernick sooner rather than later. Uh, but as far as Romo goes, Dallas can probably drag this on as long as they want. Um, that being said, you know they, you know you, you want to find if if you can find a suitable trade partner and a and a, and good value, then you, you ship them off because. You know, you you also really don't want to be have a hundred and twenty million dollar quarterback sitting on the bench. Yeah, I think it's it's obviously in Dallas's best interest to move Tony Romo at some point. It doesn't have to be right away, but at some point, you're probably gonna want to move him. Yeah, give him a chance to start because I I think even he is he doesn't want to ride the bench. He knows that he doesn't have much time left. He wants to give it one more go. Um, that's, that's also why I think a team like Denver would be a good fit for him because Denver will give him one of his best opportunities to win a Super Bowl. Um, you know, before he before he retires, which could be very soon with, with all of his injuries. Um, so you put him on a team like Denver, give him a guy like Demarius Thomas. You know, basically becomes his new Des Bryant. Uh, all of a sudden, Denver's back in, back in the conversation. You know, even in a loaded AFC West, I think they could, they would definitely instantly become one of the favorites if they were to get Tony Romo. Now, what, what would, what do you give up for him? Do you give up, you know, probably a mid-round pick? I would think. Yeah. Um, and for, but yeah. for something like that, I think it's, you have to think it's absolutely worth it, knowing that the Super Bowl could. 
could be within reach if you make this move and everything pans out. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the injury factors are, are just tremendously concerning. And so, you know, some folks aren't going to want to take that risk, and I understand that. And, and look, if you can get a guy like Tyrod Taylor, if you can get a guy, you know, that doesn't have that same history, then, you know, yeah, absolutely, maybe you should investigate them. But I just, you know, those guys just don't exist too often. And I think that Taylor is going to be a guy who goes to the highest offer. I don't think he's going to be the type to uh, play to necessarily to the best fit. Um, which is, and I'm not saying that, you know, that the, the Broncos would be the best fit. I'm not saying that the Browns would be the best fit. I'm just saying, in general, you know, he's only a guy that he's only made basically one contract at this point, one big contract. It's not like Romo. Romo doesn't have to go somewhere. Let's say Romo gets released. The Cowboys can't trade him. Literally no one's going to give anything up for him. So they just cut him at some point. You know, Romo's going to get a fairly big deal, but he doesn't have to get a $20 million a year deal. They can probably just offer him $12 million and say, look, man, this is what it is. And there's a realistic chance that he'd only have one or two suitors by the end of summer. So you know, it'd be interesting to see. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it. I understand those people that say, hey, you know, this guy just has too much of an injury history and just too much of an injury-prone situation, and I understand that. That's a, that's a fair point. That's a major concern with him. Um, I just believe in taking those home run swings whenever you can take them. Uh, I'm with you there, I- you know, if you feel Romo's going to be the guy that can bring you to the promised land, I think you have to go after him. Yeah. Um, and you know, a, a guy like Taylor too. You know, and I, I think they're going to decline the option. Yeah. Because it, it definitely feels that way. Yeah, because I mean that, that's a boatload of money. You know, even. Even with how well he played, that's that's a lot of money guaranteed. I I would say they're probably going to decline him, and you may see a new quarterback in Buffalo. And you know, like you said, I think Manuel might have the pick of the litter. It's really who's just going to go after him the most, and that's probably going to be the team that lands Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be really fascinating to see. So. You know, and, and I think what, you know, if you're looking forward to, you know, the playoff discussions and who's going to be that team that really jumps, you know, is there someone that we don't expect maybe taking that next jump? And I know we've mentioned them before, but I think Houston, Houston would be a really interesting uh, landing spot for Romo. And, uh, you know, the early buzz here is that they wouldn't be interested in him. Uh, but, you know, things change when someone's actually available and actually able to be had. For a certain price, and so uh, you know, it would be a stretch for them to make that work cap-wise, especially having to figure out AJ Bouye's situation. Uh, but they they could make it happen. They could actually make it happen on his current deal. And uh, you know, the more competition for some of these quarterbacks, and you know, don't forget too, if the Chiefs actually make a move at quarterback, let's say the Chiefs enter that sweepstakes, maybe for Garoppolo unexpectedly, or even for Romo 
Well, if Alex Smith became available, that would also change the market too. So it'll be really fun to see. I'm rooting for some chaos. If I'm some of these teams that are just kind of stuck and they've been stuck for a couple of years, I you know I think you need to make a big change. And I don't understand the point of entering next season if you're the Chiefs with Alex Smith. There's no chance I would enter next season with Alex Smith on my roster from the Chiefs. It just that situation has clearly played itself out. They're a limited team with him and maybe he can do better elsewhere probably not you know he'd probably be the same guy but you know from his perspective or from the team's perspective just sitting pat with what they have just isn't good enough you're never going to beat the patriots with alex smith and there's there's definitely been a little bit of buzz on them as well too you know a lot there's you look around there's definitely people that think they could be looking at a quarterback um, they're likely going to decline Nick Foles. So at this point, I don't think they really have a backup, number one. And like you said, how at, at this point, how much further can they really get with Alex Smith? Yeah. This season was really one of their best chances to really make a move, and they fall flat in the divisional round against the Steelers. So... So, I mean, it's safe to say that even if they were to get past that game, how ugly would it have been against the Patriots? So, you know, they're, I, 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 could see, I, I could see your point, them being a surprise team that makes a move, because especially, I mean, really, in, in all the, the NFL, but you know, especially in the AFC, because they compete with them even more, at this point, it's obviously about hanging with the Patriots. And, you know, Alex Smith obviously can't, can't light a candle, can't hold a candle to Tom Brady. So, what do you do now if you're, if you're the Chiefs? They're, they're kind of stuck now too. So that's, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's, uh, that, that's an intriguing talking point as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be, you know, and that's the thing is, and we're seeing this a lot even in the NBA. It's like teams that are well below, you know, the two top teams in the Cavs and Warriors. And you look at the NFL, it's very similar, at least to the Patriots in the AFC. You're saying if you're below them and you have been over the last several years, what are you doing? How can you return the same group of people and expect major change when these players are in their you know low 30s. Like they're not going to suddenly break out at that age group. Like it'd be one thing if they're like second, third, fourth year players, but they're not. So you know, it's, at some point you got to change it up. And I know that that's a hard thing to do because if you fail, you know your job changes. You know your your job security changes. But um, yeah, it's one of those things where I just I think that you have to uh, personally. I, I think I'm. I'm more aggressive than, uh, than than most franchises, in part because I don't one. It's not my job, like it's not my career. Uh, but it, you know, I always said I want to win my way, or I want to lose my way. Mm-hmm. That's not saying that I'm not going to learn from my mistakes because I definitely try to. Um, but I think that if you if you're at least aggressive and you can say that you gave it your hundred percent to winning every year then if you fail at least you can be like hey you know what i didn't do it right and hopefully i'll learn from my mistakes but you know i'd rather do it that way than just play it safe 
Uh, one more. I will break away from free agency real quick. One last thing I want to touch on was sticking with quarterbacks. Um, I, f- I found this note pretty interesting today. So the combine list of invites was announced today. So we know the players that are going. And Chad Kelly, the quarterback of Ole Miss, was originally supposed to go to the combine, had his invite, and apparently had his invite rescinded. Because actually, if you look at the list of quarterbacks and, like, the numbers they wear, you know, like, well, it's because... Because they just go like alphabetically with the jerseys they wear on the field. Uh, QB five, and I believe it was Mike Loiko that I saw tweeted a picture of the list. So credit to him. QB five is actually blank. So hmm. I, I mean, we obviously don't know what happened, but I just find that you know pretty interesting that he had an invite and apparently had it taken away or, you know, I, I I don't know what happened, but, you know, so a bit of a tough break there for Chad Kelly. I mean, you know, he had the injury obviously, and that's why he couldn't participate in the senior bowl. But, um, you know, is, is the injury still that bad that he wasn't able to participate in the combine? Is that why he got the invite taken away? I don't know. But to me, that's just a, that was an interesting story from today. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I am not at all a fan of, of, um, of Chad Kelly. I, I just, I don't like him on the field. I really can't stand him off the field. Um, everything that we know about him. And, you know, if I'm a, a team, I have absolutely no interest in, in him. And I would stay as far away as possible. Quarterbacks don't act the way that he, acts you know and i just you know i think that they are generally speaking the leader of the team and you know your team tends to take away from uh take the the characterization and the personality of the quarterback and the head coach and that's not the the type of team i want uh with his type of attitude so you know maybe he grows up maybe he matures eventually um, but I'm personally, I'd not be, uh, you know, I'm not willing to, to take that bet for anything more than a late round pick plus factor in the torn ACL plus factor in, uh, how much exactly how much he has to, um, change his, uh, mechanics and improve his consistency on the field. Um, you know, there's a lot of work there to be done. So I, I think he's a major project. I know people are fans of his, they think he's a first round pick. But uh, I'll tell you what, that's that's definitely not where I'm at. It'll be real, real interesting to see see what happens there. So, with that, I think we'll um, kind of wrap things up. I think that was a real good quarterback talk. A lot of a lot of good info there. Yeah, and, and it'll be the buzz throughout the the off season mm-hmm. talking quarterbacks. And I know we've touched on a lot of these guys. Before, but you know it is kind of important as as things get updated and rumors come out to talk about that, and we'll continue to move on to other positions too. Um, but I, I agree, man. Like the, it, try to get the the view of the landscape as is, and and just try to encapsulate it. I think we I think we did a nice job. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, definitely we'll we'll try to touch on some of these other positions uh, in the next couple of weeks before free agency 
really gets going, and you know, again, we'll obviously talk where these guys landed and um, how the combine went and whatnot, and then then we'll get into some draft prep, and before you know it, we'll be uh, we'll be hitting our summer break, and then prepping for 2017 season already. So, um, again, as always, thanks so much, guys, for uh, checking us out. We really do appreciate it. Remember to follow Ian at NFL Film Study. Follow me at Bill underscore Rossetti. Uh, any last words, Ian, before we head out? Uh, I don't think so, man. Uh, we got the draft combine coming up, and that's obviously going to be a big deal. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that combine list and what that means in the future, but um, you know, free agency is also a major major part and then before we can really get into the draft and we'll touch on the draft here you know obviously coming up but uh free agency is the the first shoe to drop that's the the major thing that that has to come first and then everything becomes a little bit clearer at that point mm. yeah for sure free agency definitely helps uh better shape a team's draft strategy so it'll give us a clearer view and uh make it a little more easy but Definitely not as less fun for us to break it down. Uh, so with that, thanks so much, guys. Free and war, and I'm Bill Rossetti. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time right here on GG.